This is a story about a dude named Lane. He moved to the mainland and bought one place to stay. And then one day he went and tried to rent them out. And then he became one real investor man. This is Lane with the Simple Passive Cashflow Podcast. And today I got Joey Noll on the line. Joey's another turnkey investor who kind of started when I did a few years back. How you doing, Joey? Good. Thanks, Lane. Thanks for having me. So you work night. You're a medical professional. Yeah, so I'm a nurse, a registered nurse in the ICU at a hospital here in San Jose. Typically work 3 to 11 in the evening. Nice thing lately is my kids just started school, so kind of got a lot of time during the day to kind of do real estate stuff and research and deals, so it works out good for me. Nice to meet another person living an alternate life. Yeah, exactly. I wanted to bring you on because uh, you're doing a good thing out there. You got another website. Mm-hmm. You can drop the URL at the end. Do it now, people will forget. Yeah. But uh, you just kind of like me, and you just kind of like to help people get started. Where did that all come from? Uh, the name of the website is Rookie Real Estate Investors. It's um, you know, when I started to do this, I was getting, a, I was doing a lot of networking, meeting a lot of people, and everyone just kept asking me the same questions. So. I decided to start to uh, my own kind of blog site and I just put everything that I knew and experienced and, you know, my thoughts. I just threw it all onto a website. And then when people contact me for like to share my experiences with them, I just send them to my website and then, you know, they can kind of see uh, how I do things and read about my experiences. And then there's a couple recommendations on there. And then there's even other people like yourself who's on there as uh, like mentors that they can contact and just a general way to help people get started in, in real estate. Yeah. When I got started doing this, you know, I quickly realized how much it worked and mm-hmm. you know, my my parents were pretty educated and they had good jobs, yet they were always stuck in the stock market and they're still working and um, they're never going to be able to get that BMW. But my thought was that if you, someone just buys a couple of single family homes out of state, I mean, you don't have to work as hard. Yeah, exactly. First question is, how much simple passive cash flow are you making today and how are you doing it? That's the question that everybody asks and it's not a simple answer um, because everything varies so much. And I've bought homes in so many different ways from buying them complete turnkey, just a simple, straightforward loan, and then collecting rent right away. And then I've bought others where I've bought them off MLS. I put rehab into it. I paid cash for the rehab. So, And then I did like the Burr strategy where I bought it and then refinanced at a higher value. So it's really difficult to pinpoint exactly how much I make, but when you average it out from uh, over a longer term period, I can make anywhere from, you know, nothing, depending if I had a big ticket item or big repair, to like close to $3,000 a month, and that's over a 10 property portfolio. You know, all these homes kind of range from, 40,000 to all the way up to almost 70,000 different rent prices, different cap rates. Some I got a really good deal on. Some was just a fair deal. The bottom line for me is over the year, if I kind of divide it out, I pretty much make between 150 to 200 bucks a month off each property. And then when I calculate that into 
like actual performers and be using conservative numbers, I get just under that 10% cap rate, which is kind of what our goal is most of the time. Right. And that's just the tip of the iceberg, the cash flow number. I mean, you're making、yep. a lot more than that with the mortgage pay down depreciation and、yep. the, the petty appreciation that we do get. <laughs> so yeah, that's like I said, I mean, some of these homes, like I have one property that was, has been like a real good performer for me. I haven't done any maintenance on it and I was all in on this property for 40,000. Um, the tenant is great. He's been paying on time. He's been in there well over a year. So, I mean, I cash flow like $350 a month off that property every month for the past year and a half. There hasn't been any expenses.、Um, there's other properties where, you know, just one big ticket item pops up and there goes all the cash flow for six months to pay it off. But, you know, I just think of the, the bigger picture is,、um, You know, looking at the portfolio as a whole, when I average it out with the 10 properties, I make 150 to 200 a month. And, you know, that's what I'm happy with. So what's your Han Solo moment? As you know, Han Solo and his buddy Chewbacca from Star Wars were kudos in the galaxy as lowlife smugglers. Their paths crossed with Luke and Leia and they kind of took this pivot point. When did you kind of make a pivot point in your life to kind of get to where you've been? I've kind of always been motivated. To grow wealth and, you know, try to better myself in any way possible. That's kind of one of the reasons I went to college, you know, be,、uh, then university, became a nurse. So right out of nursing school, I just knew that, you know, the right thing to do is to get into real estate as a primary residence opposed to renting. And, you know, especially now that I was making good money, I knew I could afford it. So I bought this property and this is up in, in Canada. Uh, Calgary, Alberta. That's where I'm from. So I bought、uh, like a little three bedroom townhouse.、Uh, I rented out two of the rooms. And then it was at that time I started to kind of realize that for one, I'm making rental income from these roommates. And then two, over the course of a year, the price of that home and the, or the value, it had doubled. So I paid like 170 for it. And it was worth well over $300,000、um, within a year because there was a big oil field boom there, which was creating jobs. Everyone was going to Calgary for these jobs. And then the inventory and housing dropped and prices went up. It's kind of like the typical scenario that you see in real estate. So I sold that house and cashed in. And then it was like that moment I realized. For one, you can make a, a lot of money in a short period of time. And then I also got a little taste of that cash flow just from those tenants that I had. And that was, you know, way back in 2005. So I tried to kind of repeat it and I wasn't as well educated back then as I am now. Too much and, beer and hockey back yeah, then. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I tried to repeat that.、Uh, we bought two or three more. But then when 2007 hit, 2006, and the market crashed, we ended up taking a loss on all these properties.、Um, we just had a small portfolio back then. When、so、that I mean, 2008 happened, were you able to keep the units occupied? You just had the lower rents or what happened there? So we bought at like a peak time. And then like within a year, all the values had dropped. We ended up just short selling,、uh, two of the properties and then one we actually kept that I still own today. It was covering the mortgage and, and we just didn't know really what to do. That's what we decided to do. We still weren't as educated as we were now. 
and we just kind of threw in the towel and and started over um we rented a house for another four years after that and then 2012 we were able to qualify for loans again ended up buying our primary residence that i'm in now and then we got lucky again because we got in right before another big boom here in San Jose. I got a lot of appreciation on this primary residence. Just decided, you know what, we got to do something with all this added value in this home. And that's when we decided to start cash flow investing out of state by using a home equity line as down payments on, on mortgages. We've had definitely had some ups and downs in real estate over the past 10 years or so. Learned a lot from them. We studied a lot more and, you know, we're doing a lot better now. So was that the worst life and business moment? I mean, I don't know because it wasn't really anything I could control, you know, like nobody really predicted this crash in this market except for the big short guys, of course. We all cashed in on it. I mean, I've had definitely had some other bad moments. Because it was out of my control, I wouldn't really consider that being one. But we definitely bounced back from it. Right, just buy properties at cash flow and have that buffer in there is that the yeah. takeaway. Yeah. We we just felt it's less risky instead of playing the buy low, sell high game and then living in California, you know, you're kinda limited. To what you can buy, I would end up putting all my money into one rental, even if I could pull that off. Um, whereas, you know, cash flow investing is a lot cheaper and easier to kind of get started with little to no money down. And, you know, we're real big believers in the rich dad, poor dad philosophy of using other people's money. So with that home equity line, uh, all ready to go. And then, you know, the, the cheaper price home values in, in out of state investing. It just kind of made sense to us. That HELOC. I mean, I personally sold my properties in Seattle. The downside of that HELOC is it kind of throws your debt to income ratios off a little bit. Why, why did you it ultimately does. do the, the HELOC as opposed to just selling? What was the thought process? Well, there? I needed a property to live in, right? So I'm not going to. And then we also, um, so I need the property to live in, so I'm not going to sell it. For you had the kids reason. at that time? Yep, yep. Um, well, so that makes sense. For one, we save there. We're not paying rent. And then two, I want to keep this house because I truly believe that long term, you know, it's going to continue to go up, especially in this strong Silicon Valley market. And then San Jose being uh, such a, a great economy and Long term, I think this primary residence will continue to pay off just by holding it. And this way, by getting a HELOC, we get the best of both worlds. So, you know, we get this home in California that's going to pay us through appreciation over the long term. And then we can also dabble in cash flow investing out of state. You know, ultimately, we get to do it all without any of our own money. Right. And that's why you, on those cash flow out of state properties, you didn't finance a lot of them. You paid cash. So in the beginning, I financed turnkey properties just to kind of learn the process and get educated, make those connections. So we used 20% financing. So with a $50,000 home, we were putting $10,000 down from our HELOC and then getting a mortgage for the rest of 40,000. So essentially it's 0% financing because the 10 is from the HELOC and 40 is the mortgage. 
And then when, they, when we add up all our numbers, you know, the renters pay the mortgage and then there's still, you know, money left over. Ultimately, we're cash flow investing. That's living the dream. A mark of a high performance to put your ego aside and accept the help of others. What is your current two-week experiment and six-month project? And maybe people can help you out that's listening. The two-week experience is kind of, that's too short for me. We kind of think more longer term. I don't really have anything that I'm really like concentrating on just for two weeks uh, but moving a little fanning a little further than that we're changing our whole focus now um, we were originally trying to diversify all across you know the nation we thought it would limit our risk if we had properties in different markets with different providers and we wanted to diversify in a class of property as well so we wanted to do c class b class but now through our experiences we've worked with four different providers and we're only happy with one provider of those four and that's fs houses in indianapolis so for the time being we're just focusing on buying C-class properties in the inner city of Indianapolis, and we're using FS houses to help us um, because they've proven that we can trust them. I've done over six deals with them. Uh, the process have been smooth every time, and the cash flow works. The tenants are awesome. And one of the biggest issues that I run into is property management after the sale. And it may not be immediate, but then six months to a year after communication starts to suck and I just start losing my confidence where this company in Indianapolis has since day one and to this day still pull through for us. So that's kind of what we're working on now is just focusing more and less diversification. And then, you know, if things, if I get or find a opportunities, Moving forward with other markets and other providers that, that I really think would work. I, I may be open to it. Um, but for right now, after the, ex the experiences we've had over the past year, we're just kind of going to stick to the people that we know and the market that we know works for us and the class and the price range and just try to grow. All right. So you've hit your, uh, Fannie Mae cap. At this point, right? Well, I'm lucky because my wife's got a pretty decent job, um, good credit score. So between the two of us, we've been splitting it up, kind of almost taking turns where she'll go buy two or three in her name. And then when those close and are, are done with, we switch it over and go put a few in my name. So I think like she's got four or five in her name and I think I have seven in my name. So we're getting close that 10 limit on the the mortgages and it's definitely getting a little more difficult to qualify as uh because when you get past um they just changed the guidelines according to my lender last month where it used to be you needed above a 720 credit score for homes for homes 4 to 10 and now that's changed to for homes 7 to 10 just kind of giving us a little more leeway or you probably have experienced it as you get all uh, more and more mortgages in such a short period of time, you know, ultimately your credit score is going to start to decrease. So my and, credit card days where I used to get a lot of credit cards, it seemed like every credit card pull would be like five to 10 points about. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, 
I had mine with every deal, they're going to pull your report. And we were buying homes like every, every two to three months over the past year and a half to two years. The fact that that changed, we, we got a little bit of leeway and it, it helped. But, uh, conclusion is it gets a little harder, but there, we always find a way. Any secret habit that you have? A lot of the stuff is just the basic stuff that I've found on Bigger Pockets, networking with other investors. Uh, like one of the things they say is always get an inspection and a reinspection. I've learned this the hard way where, you know, I thought I could trust the people and didn't feel it was necessary to get a reinspection. They, they sent me pictures and, and things like that to assure me that, that the work was done. Um, but a picture can only tell you so much and you shouldn't trust anybody out there, you know, get a second set of eyes in there to reinspect the place, especially being out of state investor and just make sure that even though they say it's been done and they show you a picture of something being done, um, it needs to make sure that it was done right. And that, you know, it's going to last. It wasn't just like a simple patch job which I have found uh, with some of, of these turnkey providers, that's what they'll do. You know, they make it look good, but is it done correctly and will it last? Another little strategy that I've been put into place was I had some properties in Birmingham and I wasn't happy with the property manager. So instead of just getting rid of property manager and moving them all to another one, I... I actually hired two different property managers and then I split them. So I gave two to one and one to the other. And then this way, if things happen again, where I'm not happy with the property manager, I have a backup that I'm already established a relationship with. So I'm kind of giving that a try that I, that I think is kind of a good strategy that not a lot of people do or something that I haven't really heard of. Uh, from other investors um, yeah it also helps that you that you and i talk because i know we're both in birmingham and it's pretty exactly. much uh, the same two or three property management companies so it's mm-hmm. great to flock as a group and uh you were actually one of the guys who helped me uh pick one of the one of those property managers uh, and everything's been fine and you know luckily enough both managers are doing a great job so so far i'm happy but um, things change they do. They do. So, you know, it's funny you say that because the previous manager, I mean, they had a real good reputation. They came highly recommended. You know, I did my homework. It's not like I just randomly picked these people out of the yellow pages or something like that. I had high expectations, but, you know, they just slowly things got worse. And then, you know, they're actually trying to change things to make it better. But, you know, I'm not going to wait around for, for that to happen. So what is your simple passive cash flow number? And then imagine you had two times that. Describe your ideal day, detailed routine, what projects you're working on at that point. I'm guessing you're saying that if I am starting to make the money that I expect. I guess what's your goal? What's your number that you're working towards? So I would love to make 10000 a month cash flow. That's kind of my goal. And then, you know, I'm anticipating I would need well over 30 properties to get that as a minimum amount. So if I could get that, you know, I would be happy. I would never retire from my job. I love being a nurse. Um, I'd probably cut back. I would, you know, work part-time, maybe two or three days a week. And then the other thing that I would never do is stop investing. I mean, I'm just, I got a passion for it. I love it. I'm making the right connections, uh, yourself included. 
with uh you know other investors and it's just it's just fun for me so um, you know i could see myself a typical day with a good cash flow coming in you know i'd probably sleep in do something fun i got some of my hobbies is like golf do the occasional uh shift at the hospital and then study real estate i study it every day i'm always on zillow seeing what the prices are what's coming in what houses are selling for how long they're staying on the market what's happening with rents what areas are hot and not things like that and then of course reading the forums on bigger pockets i kind of picture myself being like a jay hendrix who's always on bigger pockets and <laughs> and uh you know helping newbies and and things like that so something that you've bought recently or thought about buying you know throwing your cash at for a time savings or an improvement in your quality of life Mm-hmm. that's so funny that this question comes up because i just splurged and bought the most ridiculous vehicle that makes no sense but it's something that i always wanted and so i just went and did it i actually just picked it up last week i bought a brand new 2016 jeep wrangler and you know living in california with the soft top down has always been like a dream of mine uh but then i didn't just stop there i took it to the shop we totally pimped it out with a six inch lift 37 inch tires something is it's totally a monster and looks ridiculous so it's not economical you know i get talked about how the gas mileage is crappy but the bottom line is something I always wanted. I don't got to commute. I live five minutes from my work and my wife works from home. So we have an SUV that I can always use. And that's kind of something that I splurge to kind of reward myself for, you know, all the, all the hard work I've done at the hospital and then all this time invested in real estate. But I've been holding back all these years, you know, since I graduated, uh, university from buying toys and wasting my money. And this is the one time in my entire life that I actually splurged and bought something. Um, Good for you. Nice, yeah. There was a kid at my old workplace who bought that the second week that he started working. And I thought he was an idiot. But yeah, you deserve it. I mean, you gotta, you know, there's kind of gotta be a happy medium, in my opinion. You know, smart guys wouldn't buy something like this, but you got to reward yourself uh, sooner or later, somehow, you know. So you have a couple kids there that probably don't care what you think, but one day they'll dig up this podcast in 20 or 30 years. And Tony Robbins talks about two concepts that we're continually struggling to gain perfection. In. The first is the art of fulfillment, and the second is the science of achievement. So if you died tomorrow and your final words of wisdom, what is your secret of science of achievement and the art of fulfillment? One thing that I always say is like, you never take no for an answer. That's something that's always got me, you know, ahead. Just an example, if a mortgage broker tells you no, you know, don't take that and just say, I can't, it can't be done. I can't invest in real estate. You know, you find a way, you find a mortgage broker that, that will, if they can't help you, they can tell you what you need to do to make it work. And then you can work towards that. Don't take no for an answer. Instead of saying, I can't do it, say, you know, I'm going to try to do it or find a way to do it. 
and then work on how you're gonna do how you're gonna change things to make it happen. How about the uh, art of fulfillment, or is it just Jeep Wranglers? <laughs> you know, I mean, for that question, everybody's different. For me, you know, I've got a lot of things that just the whole real estate thing, the nursing thing, my wife, my family, all those things just kind of happened with me. So, I mean, I don't know how to really explain it or how to tie it into the art of fulfillment, but yeah, that's just kind of what fulfills me, I guess. Anything other than the website that contribute back to others? You know, the whole bigger pocket scene, you know, I'm always available on there and uh I get a lot of newbie questions. So between the bigger pockets, people contacting me or, you know, rookie real estate investors, those two things, that's pretty much how I give back and I enjoy it. I mean, I don't have any hidden agenda. A lot of these people will get uh, referral fees if they, you know, send someone to their provider and they actually buy a house. I don't get anything like that. You know, it's nice to just have an unbiased opinion for others. It's something that I, I looked for forever when I started and I could not find it because everyone I talked to was either trying to sell me something or, you know, had some thing some kind of hidden agenda uh, where they would have been rewarded in one way or another so that was the whole idea i'm sure that's your your idea as well you know this yeah it it drove me crazy like these guys would just contact you off the bigger pockets form and then get your email address and then cc you to the provider and then they would pick up with a couple grand or something like that just seemed like i mean at least be some value which they weren't but Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, it's funny, it's funny that newbie investors, including myself at the time, I didn't even realize that these, um, you know, relationships existed. You know, you think that, oh, he's just a nice investor trying to help me. Uh, and in fact, you know, he's just trying to make a sale, whether he's an investor or an actual marketer or something like that. I mean, you know, some are genuinely trying to help you, but if they're making money out of the deal, you know, you got to question some of the stuff that they're telling you. So, Joey, anything we missed? So, the, the name of the website is Rookie Real Estate Investors, but the website is RookieREI.com. So, yeah, you can get a hold of me through there. Uh, my email is Joey at RookieREI.com. I'm always open to talk on a phone call. You know, I might not get back to you right away these days because I've been a little busy at work, but uh, eventually I do. And email is probably the best way. And if you get real serious about it, you know, and I I would encourage you to, you know, talk to more people like yourself and myself and make connections and network. One thing that I like to tell people is that you're going to hear all kinds of opinions out there. important to just you know, listen to all these people, you know, write everything down. But eventually you're going to have to make your own opinion and your own decisions. Don't do something just because someone else is doing it. You should be your own person, develop your own strategy and your own kind of uh, preferences because we all invest differently. We all have different financial situations. We all have different risk tolerance. So you got to kind of develop your own plan. Is There's no one way to do things in real estate. Well said, Joey. Appreciate you jumping on here. It's uh, late for me, probably early for you. Uh, but, uh, quarter after nine, yeah. <laughs> I really appreciate you getting on here. Yeah, it was great to talk to you, Lane. Thanks, Joey. All right, take care. 
This website offers very general information concerning real estate for investment purposes. Every investor situation is unique. Always seek the services of licensed third-party appraisers and inspectors to verify the value and condition of any property you intend to purchase. Use the services of professional title and escrow companies and licensed tax, investment, and or legal advisor before relying on any information contained herein. Information is not guaranteed as in every investment there is risk. The content found here is just my opinion and things change and I reserve the right to change my mind. Above all else, do your own analysis and think for yourself because in the end, you are the only person who is going to look out for your best interests.